more grace, and thank you for listening to the Prophetic Podcast with Prophet Brian Karn. Here's today's message. Uh, we'll get straight into the Word of God. As you know, the Spirit of God has challenged me to uh, get a handle on our thought life. I don't know if you listen on Sunday. I pray that you did, but it is very important for us to understand Look down your room and say, you got to get a handle on your mind. Come on, fire. Tell, tell somebody else on the other side. You got to get a handle on your mind. All right. So I, I, I want to say that to everybody. And I really want us to understand this so that we can go and accomplish what God has for us to accomplish. But it is my desire to uh, experience growth. In every area of our life, not just to come at him and be entertained, but we need change. So Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to do uh, a quick overview, maybe, so some of you who did not hear the message on Sunday, uh, I'm going to do a quick overview so that I can prepare, and I want to say this to you now. Anytime you begin to teach people on the mind and teach people on the thought life, I'm telling you right now, there are demonic distractions that are going to do everything in this power to make sure you don't get this word, okay? It may be a person, it may be a phone, it may be a call, and all of these are distractions because the enemy knows that if I can control your head, I can control your body. All right. The enemy knows that if I can get a handle on your thought life, no matter how much you dance and shout, you can come in here and dance, but your mind be somewhere else. And we're going to have to do everything in our power to make sure we're not in the same place. This is October 23. Didn't wait on nobody. We are in October of 2023. The year is about to be over. And I pray to God. That you don't go into 2024 with the same devils. All right. But the only way you're going to experience change and have change in your life, there must be a change. Somebody shout in your thought life. And Ephesians chapter six is where we're going to go. But I want to say this and I mean it when I say this. Everybody in here. I'm telling all y'all, all y'all. I'm talking about the, the pretty, the ugly, the big, the little, whoever you are. Everybody in here deals with the battle in your mind. Amen. Amen. Everybody in here, the devil mess with your thoughts. Amen. Sitting there minding your own business, a thought can come to make you question everything you believe. And so it matters how you think. It matters what you think, how often you think, and where you're thinking. So Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, look at what the word of God says. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against what? But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, 
with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the what? So we see here very clearly in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, he says, uh, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. So what is Paul talking about? Somebody shout armor. armor. That's right. He's saying armor. But verse 11 is very powerful. He said, verse 11, put on the whole armor. Right. We make great emphasis on that uh, on Sunday that he said, I don't want you to put a portion of the armor on. But he said, put on the whole armor. So notice he didn't even just say armor. He didn't say put on the armor of God, but he said put on the what? Whole armor. armor, Which means that it may be possible that someone in here may not put on all of it. Because he said, I don't want you to put on a portion of the armor, but I want you to put on the whole armor of God. And just think about any kind of uniform, any kind of uh, 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 armor that is put on by a soldier. You know, just because you have on your helmet, that would only protect your head, but it don't protect your heart. Right. So you can have certain parts of you that are protected, but all of you is not protected. But he made clear in verse 11 to declare, put on the whole armor. Then he said it again. When you get to verse 13, look at what he says. Therefore, take up the what? Whole armor of God. He said it again. Don't just have a portion of it. But I want you to put on every part of the armor because the only way you're going to win this fight is having on all of it. Does that make sense? All right. Then he says in verse 14, he said, I want you to uh, stand therefore, having girded your waist with what? Having put on the breastplate of what? And I showed you in 1 Thessalonians, let's go there. I showed you in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8 that Paul was not being true to Roman symbolism or he was not even putting emphasis on so much the material because in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8, he said, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of what? And it's right there on the screen for y'all that's looking. Okay, putting on the breastplate of what? And now that, that that that's very important. And as the helmet, the hope of salvation. So he doesn't stay true to the symbols. Because in Ephesians 6:14, he says, the breastplate of righteousness. But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. He doesn't call it the breastplate of righteousness. He calls it the breastplate of what? And and as the helmet, the hope of salvation. Which one is it? Which one is it? Is it the breastplate of righteousness? Or is it the breastplate of faith and love? Which one is it? Then you get Ephesians 6. He doesn't even mention love. In all of the armor, breastplate of righteousness, loins girt about with truth, feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In none of that 
he mentions love. So it shows us that each symbol is not like we thought. That you can't say, well, the shield is always going to be faith. Right? Because we saw again in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8 that the breastplate was faith. But in Ephesians, the shield was faith. So he's not staying true to the symbolism. And I think Paul is not even concerned about whether it's faith, about whether it's love, about whether it's the breastplate of righteousness. I think the only thing he's saying is make sure you got it on. Does that make sense? Look at somebody say, put on the whole armor. And we discuss that the armor is not so much faith, hope, uh, breast, uh, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I, I told you on Sunday that the armor is Bible knowledge. That you got to know your Bible. And if you know the word of God, when darts come, it won't bother you. When you are full of the word and know the scripture, you position yourself so that when the arrows of life come, look at somebody say, it doesn't bother you. So let's read Ephesians chapter 6 again and we'll start at, uh, let's start at verse 14. But I, I, I want to read it without the, Started 13. I'm going to read it without the Roman symbolism. Therefore, take up the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having truth, having put on righteousness, having the gospel of peace. Above all, taking faith, which would you be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. I'm in 16, but I see you went to 17. And take salvation and the, the word of God. You got that? So I didn't read it with the Roman symbolism. I took all of that out and called to let you know what you need to have on. Amen. Verse 13 again. What do I need to have on? Verse 13. Take on the whole armor. Some of the armor. A portion of the armor. Okay. Therefore take up the whole armor of God. To withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Stand therefore. Having truth. Having righteousness. Having the gospel of peace. Taking faith. Which with you will be able to quench. All the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take salvation. And the what? Word of God. You got that? But I also told you on Sunday. That we know he's not telling you. To 
put it on in a sense like you can leave it. That, that he's not telling you every day make sure you put on the helmet of salvation as if you can leave it at home on the dresser. Because I don't have to put on what I am. Say I am saved. Say it again. Say I am righteous. All right. So, but what, what, what he's saying is every day you need to remind yourself about what faith means. What righteousness means. What truth means. And what it means to you. Because once you know what it means, you can use it against the thoughts that the enemy will try to bring to you. Come on, y'all got to get that now. Does that make sense? And you understand that the devil is always after your thoughts. So you wake up one morning and you don't pray. A thought will come, you ain't saved. Come on, come on. Okay, something happened. Don't turn out the way you want it to turn out. A thought will come and say, if you were saved, you wouldn't have done that. But the only way that thought can prevail is if you don't know your Bible. Uh, am I making sense? All right, so when you know the word of God, it positions you and puts you in a place that when thoughts come, contrary to the word you can speak to the thought and say that's a lie you can't come and tell me God mad at me because God's in love with me alright but you can't know it because I told you because I'm not responsible for your armor look down your road say put on your own armor so the question is not just about being saved. What do you know about your salvation? What do you know about it? What do you know concerning righteousness? You, you, you can't just know about it. You got to know it. You understand that? There are people who know about me and there are people who know me. There are people who know about you and there are people who actually know you. And some of you know about God and you know about righteousness and you know about truth but you don't know it. Tell somebody you gotta know it. Tell somebody else, you got to know it. Because I'm going to tell you, thoughts are coming. Mess up tomorrow and see don't the devil tell you you ain't got nothing. It might even come in my voice and say amen. <laughs> might even come in my voice. All right, are you listening to me? All right, uh, do something wrong. Tell a lie. Mistreat somebody. 
Don't do what you both do. And she wants the enemy. Come immediately. All right? But contended upon what you know, you got to understand that if the enemy can get in your mind, he can get in your actions. And if he can get in your actions, he can then influence your lifestyle. So in verse 14, he says, you're going to have to, you're going to have to, you're going to have to have some truth. Then in verse 15, he said, you got to have the gospel of peace. And then in verse 17, he said, you got to have what? The word of God. And remember, we talked about what's the difference between truth, the gospel of peace, and the word of God. And I said, if you really know it, there really is no difference between peace, the gospel of peace, truth, and the word of God. So, so, so it's not about the items as much as it is about somebody shout knowledge. Okay. I got to have knowledge about what it means. I got to have knowledge and my ability to use it is going to determine the victory that I have. Are you listening to me? How much I know and how well I know it will determine how successful I am. How much you know and how well you know. I didn't tell you put that up. How much I know and how well I know will determine what? How successful I am in life. Not just enough to know the Bible. How well do you know it? Because I'm telling you right now, you can go sit down with a Muslim who know the Bible. Let's forget the Muslim. You can sit down with atheist professors who teach in Bible school. You have people who are atheists who teach religion. So religion ain't enough. And see, this is why people missed it. You folk that's so smart, you can't get this. Because the only way you're going to walk by this is you got to be willing to be dumb. You didn't get what I just said. You got to be willing to be dumb. Do you know how dumb it is to believe a man in the sky came and got in flesh? That don't make sense to the natural mind. Hallelujah. So when I sit down with a genius and they tell me, just think about it. Do that make sense? No, it don't make sense. But that's why it's not called science. It's called faith. If it made sense, it would be science. But one thing about God, he's omniscience. Omniscient he is. Hallelujah. This ain't science. This is faith. And the just shall live make sense the time you try to make this make sense you're gonna miss this this don't make sense to the natural mind uh, are y'all listening to me okay so so i want you to understand that you gotta know this stuff and according to the word of god the bible declared that so many people in church i'm looking at some of you in here been in church five years 10 years 15 20 years and i'm telling you whether you want to accept it or not, I don't care. 
Your life is the end result of your thought life. Tell your neighbor, your life, my life, say our life is the end result of our thoughts. Wherever you are in life is in your head. Because the actions that you make come from the result of your thinking. And if your thoughts are out of control, so will your actions be. If your thoughts are toxic, so are you. Come on here. If your thoughts are moody, so are you. I look at some of you. I look at some of you one Sunday, you in the service. Next Sunday, you sitting there mad at everybody. Thoughts. Only thing got you like that is your thoughts. Because from Sunday to Sunday, he ain't changed. Ah, hallelujah. I'm God and I'll change not. He ain't changed, but something happened in your head. Are y'all listening to me? This is, this is, listen, I, I, I told somebody today, I said, I'm going to slow walk this message. I, I'm not going to rush this because we need results. And the Bible says, as a man, what? So is he. All right. So according to the word of God, we got to change the way that we think. Some of you have been here. You got the information, but you don't have knowledge. You, you, you done heard me say it a million times, but, but there's no change in your life. And I'm telling you that the reason I know, I'm coming, the reason I know that you don't know it is because if you knew it, oh, praise the Lord. Are y'all listening? Yes, sir. The reason I know that you don't know, it, she's so precious with her little boy in her head. The reason I know that you don't know it because your actions should be a result of your understanding. Yes, sir. And once I understand something, I should no longer be a victim. I should be a victor. But it's too many people in here who got a victim mentality. Upset with everybody because of where you are. Blaming people. And the only reason you feel that way is because you don't know. And don't get me wrong. I believe you sincere when you come here. I believe you sincere when you be up here dancing, shouting, screaming, weeping before the Lord, crying, bucking. I believe you sincere. I believe you're very sincere. But most of us are dancing and shouting and screaming and your life is in shambles. Your life 
is not the fruit of how you acted in here. And nobody shout not that. You're going through in your mind. Going through in your family. Now, here you are in church all the time. Every time in church. All that. But nothing about your life says victory. Confused. Something's wrong. Are you listening? I believe you're sincere, but you don't understand about your salvation. You don't understand your righteousness. Because if you knew all of those things, you would be victorious. If you knew about your salvation, if you knew about the word of God, if you knew about your faith, if you knew about the gospel of peace, if you knew all of these things, there's nowhere in the world your life would look the way it looks. Shouting, but don't know nothing. Got the buck down pat, but don't know nothing. Are y'all listening to me? I mean, just listen. How many of y'all believe that salvation is important to God? Okay, I, I'm going to say, how many people believe God won't folks say? How many people know more than anything, the most important thing in the world is Jesus came seeking to save them which are lost? Okay, now, if you really knew that, if you really knew that, how are you living your Christian life not getting folks saved? See, see, see your actions, your actions, your actions mirror your thinking. If you don't act properly, it's because you don't think properly. And there's a battle going on and you're losing. You're losing the battle right now. Why? How I know I'm losing? Because I ain't doing what I should be doing. How I know I'm losing? I'm losing because somewhere the enemy has planted a thought in my mind to have me so concerned about myself that people around me are dying without God with no hope and I have no conviction, no passion for the loss. But what if somebody forgot you? Somebody prayed for me. Had me on their mind. Here you are. You believe salvation is important. You say hell is real. That's what you say. Hell is real. Yet your family is dying on their way there. And you ain't doing nothing to make sure they make it. It's okay. You're losing. Losing the battle. Are y'all listening to me? You want to know how I know you're losing? Because you know you should be witnessing. 
and to know it and not do it, what's your excuse? Amen. Praise is not an option to the believer. I don't bless him sometimes. I don't bless him when I feel like it. But some of you, don't be in the mood. You see, I want you to sit there and look at me. Because you, you plan. Are y'all listening to me? Get mad at somebody. See, don't your praise go. Somebody upset you. That tongue, tongue all of a sudden disappear. And you speaking the whole lot of good move. Somebody make the wrong move with you. But you don't even recognize that person was used. To come at your thought. And guess what? Because you didn't know it was an attack, you lost the battle. You don't even recognize it. You got to be able to recognize. You got to be able to recognize when the enemy is coming after you. You got to be able to recognize when the enemy is trying to plant a thought in my mind to, 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 to change. I, I'm in a service having a good time. All of a sudden, I see something, and my whole praise is off. And I don't have enough discernment to recognize, that was the devil. Are y'all listening to me? Now, I'm asking you another question. Do the Bible say, forsake not the assembling of yourself together? Hello, 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 hello! I find it. Give me Hebrews 10 25. Hebrews 10 25. What does it say? Read it loud. I want Charlotte and Houston and all over the world. What does it say? Uh huh. Top some of y'all. Is this a man of some? Keep going. Closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more you're supposed to be in church. Now, why are you absent when I'm not here? Know why? Knowledge. Listen to me. You don't understand. All of these are distractions. You miss. I ain't going to church today. I just stay on watching online, you know, and the devil say, I love you at home because you ain't paying attention. Come on, you you trying to hear me drinking, you trying to hear me drinking Sprite and eating Big Macs. Amen. Amen. Got gas. Praise the Lord. Amen. Go to the bathroom, trying to take me in the bathroom on the phone watching me. <laughs> Amen. Taking a cell phone in the bathroom. But you don't understand the significance of being in the sanctuary. 
Now, I have another question. If you knew Jesus was going to be here Sunday, how many of y'all would be here? Raise your hand high. Let me see. Some of y'all look like y'all got paralysis of the arms now. How many of you, if you knew Jesus was coming to 2104 North Main Street, coming was who would be in church? You'd be here, right? So the only reason you don't is you don't believe the word that say we're two or three. Are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. You don't know the word. So now you are in love with flesh. You're not connected to my spirit. And I don't know why you connect to my flesh. It profits nothing. I'll teach it anyway. I hope somebody getting this. Got all these excuses. Well, I had to work. I had to this. Get in trouble. See if that job will help you. Get cancer and see if you can call that boss. Y'all got quiet on me. Let your son be on the way to jail and let an issue come up. And I, I bet you, you ain't going to call your boss. You calling the church. I need to get a hold of the prophet. About to go to jail. Am I, am I telling the truth? We have every excuse to not do what we know we're supposed to be doing. I was tired. I had to do this. I had to do that. But when trouble comes, you're coming straight to where you know the help is. So what's stopping you? What's your hindrance? You don't know. Now, this is what the words say. John 14, 15. If you love me. That's what the Bible say. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I just love the Lord. Oh, okay. God said the way I know you love me. Do what I say. Dancing and shouting don't move. Right, right, right. I didn't tell you get me no roses if you love me. Right, right, right. I didn't tell you to give me a hug and cuddle me. I don't care nothing about that. You in here with oh give myself away. Worshiping, loving it. Oh God, I love you. And he says, I'm not persuaded that any of this was real until I see how you live. None of this impressed me. Your tears did not impress me. Everybody, everybody cry. Amen. Folk went to see Beyonce and cried. Come on. 
They, they, were, they were crying, dancing. What was they gyrating? They were gyrating. Huh? They, so, so crying and all these emotional experiences don't move God. How you live. When you come out of this, how you treat that person next to you. How you treat that man walking down the street. Luke 6, Luke 6, 46. Look at what he said. Why are you calling me Lord, Lord? And don't do what I say. What you calling me Lord for? Lord, I just need, Lord, 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 I just need. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, which really means master? Why, why are you calling me master and don't follow my direction? Are y'all listening to me? So you got to know, you, you got to know this. You got to know what the word of God says. And once you know what the word of God says, how well you use your knowledge will determine whether you win this battle or lose your battle. Write this down. Principle number two. Knowledge and its proper use wins battles. Having the knowledge and knowing how to use it will cause you to win the battle. Take notes. Write this down. Some of y'all sitting here looking crazy. Y'all the main one defeated. <laughs> Knowledge and its proper use wins battles. Now we're attacked every day yeah. with thoughts. Yeah. Stuff is always coming for your thoughts and, and if it's not coming for your thoughts you're attacked with things that inspire thoughts. Come on. And how many people know that stuff can lead you down any wrong path? You know why? Because we're in a we're in an information overload. I mean, everywhere you look around, information. Pick up the phone. I mean, you you try to go on the fan. Look like the phone heard you say you trying to go on the fan and start sending you coupons for food. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. You sit up and say, I ain't going to do no shopping and every ad you can think of. Right? And here you are. You are sincerely trying to make adjustments. But we're in an hour now where information is coming from everywhere. Uh, if, 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 if it's not on the phone, it's on a billboard. Not on a billboard. It's when you walk in the bank, when you go to a restaurant, ever you go, there's so much. Somebody shout, information. But the Bible say, put on the whole armor of God. And that armor is what? Bible knowledge. What is the armor? Say it louder. What is it? Now, I want to say something real good. And I want you to get this. You don't know a thing until you do what you say you know. Really making y'all mad now. I said you don't know a thing 
until you do what you say you know. Because if you know to do it by knowledge, why you not doing it? If I know that smoking this cigarette is going to give me lung cancer, why am I going to keep smoking? Why do I think I'm the exception? So you don't know something until you do what you say you know. And how in the world could I know what I'm doing is going to hurt me, destroy me, cause me to lose, and I still do it? It shows you something got to be wrong. It got to be some kind of battle going on. If I know this is unhealthy for me, yet I keep going to what I know is unhealthy for me. Something's wrong. Does that make sense? So according to the word of God, if you experience defeat, it's because of ignorance. Or Failure to use what you know. If I'm defeated in any area of my life, it's only because either I don't know no better or I know better and don't do it. So if my marriage ain't working, it ain't the devil. Can't blame him no more. Because God spoiled principalities and made a show of them what? Open. It ain't the devil, it's me. But I got all this knowledge that I don't use and because I'm not using it, now I'm in a battle. I want to eliminate this thinking where you always trying to make these demons, people fighting against you. I'm under so much warfare and attack. The attack is you ain't using your knowledge. I have been given thousands of reasons to be offended by people. be mad at folk and offended and decide I'm going to be skeptical and scared of people and looking at folk funny and I don't do folk. They say, they say in a lifetime here's what they say seven people in your life 80, 90 years however long you live six or seven people, true friends who love you I'm going to walk out your life in your lifetime. A pastor don't get that in a lifetime. He get that in a month. People who say, I know God sent me here. I know God told me to come to church. 
I got your back no matter what until they get offended. So I have reason that every time somebody come to the church and say I love you, I got reason to get scared. Right, right, right. There go another one. But my knowledge of the word doesn't give me justification to treat people funny because the Bible says love keeps no record. So anytime I'm keeping record of wrong, I'm not in love. Quiet church now. now I don't just know that. I know it because I live it. You understand? You don't know something until you do it. Until you choose to befriend your Judas. No, you're going to betray me and I still invite you to dinner. No, you got a wicked agenda and still say, I got you. I'm going to cover you knowing you ain't going to cover me. It's quiet. You got the knowledge, but you ain't using it. So you are where you at right now for two reasons. Either you ignorant, don't know no better, or you know it and refuse to use the knowledge. Principle number three, write it down. Ignorance and victory are impossible roommates. Look at that. You will not be victorious in ignorance. I didn't just become blessed. The blessing on my life is intentional. Elemokosha. And the reason it's intentional is because I've worked the principles to produce the blessing. Are you listening to me? Folk be sitting up, time out. I don't know how it happened. It just happened. No harvest comes without a seed. Go, go. Go and speak to the dirt all you want to and tell the tree to come out and nothing going to happen. You got to put a what? Seed in the ground. Everything you are experiencing in your life is the harvest of seeds you planted. So everything in my life is intentional and I'm careful, yeah, and I'm careful. of the seeds I sow. Because yes, you're going to always get a harvest from your seeds. Now, I told the pastors that I pastor part of CCIF. 
God said to the pastors, don't y'all dare ask your people to be faithful in tithing and y'all ain't. I can't be a leader and tell you to tithe and I don't. Why? Because I reap. The reason I can put a demand on submission to y'all is because I'm submitted to my pastor. So I have a right to reap it. Come on, y'all hear me. Are y'all listening to me? So ignorance and victory. You ain't just become victorious in your life by accident. Somebody shout intentional. So if ignorance and victory are impossible roommates, It means that knowledge and defeat are impossible roommates. I cannot be defeated when I have knowledge. And whenever I don't know my Bible, I'm standing on the field with no armor. You are an easy target. And I see it. I look at y'all. I look at people. I look at some of y'all life. I look at it. I look at people just talk, gossip, keep up mess through their life. Nothing. No fruit. People mess it. Demon possessed. Sit up. Nothing changed in their life. In the same place you was last year. Looking at everybody crazy. Still a victim. Everybody come against you. Wanna know why? You come in here and sit and do this, sit in here and hear me preach. But you don't know it. You don't go home and get in the word for yourself. Would you prophesy to your neighbor and say ignorance equals defeat? Now go to Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Hosea 4 and 6, very quickly. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Hosea 4 and 6. My people are destroyed. Now here go God <laughs> giving info. Stay, say catch this now. This is God giving info about his own people. He's evaluating saints. And his evaluation of his people is y'all are destroyed because you ain't got no knowledge. He said, my people are destroyed. He said, he ain't got nothing to do with the devil. I done dealt with him. But the problem is they're not using what they know. And I told you, knowledge and its proper use wins battles. Are y'all listening to me? So if I'm defeated in my life, either I'm ignorant, which means I don't have knowledge, or I'm disobedient. Not doing what I'm told. No hollering here now. Anywhere in my life. Anywhere in my life. If I'm not getting results. Two reasons. Either I don't know. Maybe pastor never taught on it. So I mean I'm crazy. Don't know nothing. Or I know it. And have decided. 
I'm going to do it my way. Here, I'm, I'm teaching you, teaching y'all. Let me tell you something. I, I, y'all, I'm not telling y'all what I heard. I'm telling y'all what I live. When I teach y'all to live by faith and give, I'm not telling y'all to do stuff I don't do. I do that. I do it when, when it ain't economically smart. I call the finance team and say, how much we got? Okay, I'm finna so. No, we got to take care of this. That's God's business. I'm keeping seed in the ground. Lights go off, they going to be off. I mean that. I walk in here with a flashlight from my phone. I believe God. If he don't do it, it ain't going to get done. Are y'all listening to me? So I walk this out on a, on a, on a daily basis. Now, I want y'all to get this. I want you to get how much God loves you. The Bible said in Genesis 101, in the beginning, God created the what? Heavens and the earth. Okay, what does that mean? That means that God pre-existed creation. Right? That means before there was a sun, he was here. Right? That means before there was an earth, he was here. All right? That means before there was a TV, uh, anything, trees, birds, God pre-existed, pre-existed all creation, which means he don't need creation to be God. Because he was God before creation got here. I'm going to start over. Are you getting that? Before you got here, God was gone. So I don't need you to be God. Because when you're here, I'm God. And when you ain't here, I'm God. So you crying, fussing, being angry, complaining to me don't really matter to me in the sense of it's going to change who I am. You can throw a fit with God and when you get done throwing the fit with God, he's still going to be God. Yet he loved you so much to allow men over 6,000 years to put together a Bible to help you. Hold on. Y'all don't get that. Let's start over. Tell your neighbor, God don't need you. I know you're scared to say that, but I want you to tell them they Say, God don't need you. God needs you to praise him. If you don't praise him, he God. And if you don't tell him every now and then, he'll tell himself. He say, I'm God. And beside me, there is no other. Amen. 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 He, he, he. We serve a God who asks questions that he already know the answer to. He say, behold, I'm the God of all flesh. Is there anything? He said, by the way, I want you to know I didn't make you because I needed you. I made you for my pleasure. That's Revelation 4 and 11. He said, for my pleasure, you are and were created. I made you because I wanted to. But if you, if you, offer, if, if you leave tomorrow, I'm still going to be gone. But I love you so much 
that I, over 6,000 years, and that's, a, and that's for people who try to take away the validity of the Bible. Right, right. There's nowhere in the world you can tell me 6,000 years, people who never met each other, didn't know each other, put together a book, not knowing each other, and all over the world, the book say the same thing. Oh, baby, they got to be God there. Because we can't keep the same story in the same room. You know, we used to play a game called telephone. Come on here. And I tell her something here, and by the time we get back there, completely different message. But God, Haramoshaya, preserved truth for 6,000 years. No matter who hand it got in and made it all compacted into a book and gave it to you to help you. And said the only reason you losing is because you won't read it. Got a Bible at home collecting dust and the Bible is the armor to keep the devil off you. Are y'all listening to me? He's trying to help you. But you got to understand this knowledge. You got to know the word and you got to understand it so you can win the battle. So Hosea 4 and 6, can we read it together? Everybody read it. What does it say? Uh-huh. Keep going. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I, I, I will also I will also forget your children. So my ignorance don't just affect me. My ignorance affects my children. Now you know how I know you don't believe that? Because you let them live in your house and don't make them come to church. Quiet now. Now see when I came up I didn't have no choice. I'm talking when I came. I'm talking when I came up. Now I, I know it's a new thing now. No, a new thing. You know, Amen. I ain't have no choice. Amen. You eat Jehovah's bread and drink Jehovah's water. You gonna live by Jehovah's rules. It it affects you. It affects your children. I'm not talking about just them coming to church. I'm talking about them knowing. Amen. Having an understanding and knowledge, and stay with me now. Now the Bible declares that you, my people are destroyed, and that word "destroyed" is a combat term. It 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 is somebody who was in a battle and lost, and he said, "Right now, you in a battle, and you're losing because you ain't got no knowledge." Give me Isaiah five, verse thirteen. Look at what it said. Read it for me. What does it say? Uh huh. Why? Hold on. So not only are you destroyed because of a lack of knowledge, but now you are captive. You're in bondage because of your lack of knowledge. So ignorance causes destruction but not only does it cause destruction it puts you in captivity are y'all listening to that? 
So it's very clear that ignorance cannot keep you from being captive. That even if you say, well, I didn't know, you not knowing still puts you in captivity. The devil don't care about what you don't know. Are you listening to me? Coming after you. He don't care. Ignorance can't keep you from being captive. It can't keep you from being destroyed. But guess what can? Knowledge. I got to know the truth about my armor. I got to know the truth about my salvation. I got to know the truth about my righteousness. Because thoughts are going to come that's going to try to lead me into captivity and lead me into destruction. But I got to get to a place that I have so much knowledge in me that I can't accept those thoughts. I'm not saying this to rain on nobody's parade. I mean what I'm about to say. I'm telling you that you can get so full of this word that the word becomes your first thought. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you, you get so full of, you come to my house right now, you're going to hear the Bible playing the word. All day. I'm gone with that word playing. On TV right now, right now the word playing. Playing right now. Just in, uh, and, and that's a Charlotte too. Word playing. Right now, right now. I don't know where it's at, but it's playing right now. And I was in there uh, getting myself together, and somebody was in there with me earlier today. And while it was playing, I was quoting. He looked at me, he said, My God, you know the Bible. I mean, I, I was quoting the, the begats. And this one begat that one and begat that one. And, and I wasn't just quoting scripture. I was quoting the stories. You know, because sometimes you can know you can know the epistles, but you don't know Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Well, you can tell in the stories. I'm telling you, you can get so full of the word that I'm, it's happened for me. I have gotten so full of the word that I wanted to act bad. But because the word was my first thought, it irritated me. That I couldn't think nothing else. So when I get ready to fight the word cup, hold your peace. And I'm sitting up saying, God, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear that right now. Somebody making you mad, you hear scripture overcome evil. Uh uh-uh, uh, I, I don't want to hear that. Telling y'all, telling you're gonna have to get full of this word that it becomes your first thought, not your second one. Are y'all listening to me? Satan deals with thoughts. He deals with thoughts, and he does it through the system, and he does it to entice you and to get you out of place. Amen. Now, I, I, I'm again. I'm not judging nobody. I'm not bothering nobody. But I'm telling you, when you're trying to live certain ways and do certain things, certain things you can't watch. That's right. Certain music you can't listen to because it got something on it. Yeah. 
20 years in church. Look at some of them. Look at us. 10, 20, 30, 40 years in church. Defeated. You. Us. Defeated. Coming to church every Sunday, every Tuesday, and your life is defeated. And it's one reason. Your thoughts ain't in line. You see, they're trying to blame. Maybe I'm in the wrong place. When your mind is right, it don't matter where you are. We love blaming external situation for what we're dealing with inwardly. There's a battle going on, but you lose it. When you got the blessing on your life and you are thinking right, Somebody can put you in a desert and you'll turn it into the Garden of Eden. Amen. Know who you are. You don't care where nobody puts you. You can tell somebody to hire you and they say, well, we can hire you, but we got to bring you in on this level. It's fine. I'll be the boss in a minute. Y'all better listen to me. It's your mind. It's the way you think. I was having a conversation with the Charlotte Church and the Lord challenged me because they were saying all these things that they wanted to do as a part of the KCC Town Hall meeting and they was telling me and I was in my mind saying, well, y'all, we only been here seven years. We got to do this. You got to give me time to do this. And I went home and the Holy Ghost said, are you going to live by faith or not? Why do you think it matters? How much time you've been pastoring for me to use this church as a beacon to change the world. I can do in you in seven years what it took somebody 30 years. But it's all based on your thinking. Change your thought. Think big. I'm preparing y'all because I'm telling y'all right now, I'm not playing with y'all. You can stay slow. You can stay defeated. You can stay back here looking dilapidated and distraught if you want to. Prophet Khan is going somewhere. And I come to tell somebody, if you catch the train, you can come with me. But we about to take over the world. Slap your neighbor and say, I'm ready. Amen. It ain't time to take sides. It's time to do what? Take over. Yeah. Take over. But if if let me let me teach you something. If I if I if if I walk up to Brother James and say, cook for me, and let's say he can't cook, when I said it, an anointing came for him to cook. Y'all got hey! Y'all got to understand that. If I if I walk up to you, come on here, Amen. But you listen. If I walk up to her and I say I want you to decorate my house, and she may say that ain't my anointing. The minute she submitted herself to the instruction, grace comes to decorate. 
Stop thinking about what you're ready for. You ain't got to be ready. Just get in place and grace comes. I see Shekinah in here. I see a smoke getting ready to fill this place. The glory of God is going to surround this ministry. People are going to come because smoke is all over the building. Sometimes I feel God. Chapter three people say everything is about to change. I'm getting control over my thoughts. I'm getting control over my mind. I'm tired of being in this place. Thirty years. Forty years. I'm done. Sit down. Thirty years. Forty years. You've been in church. That's why I don't want us to come in here and hide under the organ and hide under the drum. I slow it down because I'm trying to give you some knowledge. Because I'm telling you, I've been in church long enough to see folk dancing and die. Fall out broke. Praying with no victory. I'm talking about people can pray the church down and get done praying. Tell them, can I hold $20? Lack of knowledge. Now let's go to Luke chapter 4. Because I'm going to show you what Jesus did and what he would have done when he was attacked. Luke 4, you ready? Maybe y'all don't want no more. Luke 4, they cried. They don't want no more, sir. Luke chapter 4. I'm going to show you what Jesus did when he was attacked. And I would show you. I really would show you more, but we out of time, church. No, we are. We're really out of time. Clap your hands for Jesus. We out of time, for real. Thank you for listening. Visit our website for more information to stay connected with the ministry of Prophet Brian Karn at briancarn.com or kingdomcitychurch.com.